Go to 1 Corinthians 15, please, and 2 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 15 and 2 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Read it out loud with me. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say it again. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I know uh, people are familiar with Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, who's gone home to be with the Lord now, are familiar with his uh, love of Mark eleven twenty three and 24. But this is also one that he really spoke of frequently. Uh, we had the privilege of serving with them for a number of years, and he'd be just walking along from the house to the car, and he'd just say that. He'd just say, thanks be to God. <laughs> Which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He'd just say it, you know, you, you might say almost out of the blue, it sounded like, but it just come up out of his spirit. And it's, it's something I enjoy saying too, don't you? Amen. Say it again, thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory. Well, that sure beats failing, doesn't it? I mean, that sure beats going under, going down. We're not talking about defeat here, we're talking about victory. Now, religion will teach you how to fail and how to explain it. Am I right? Religion will teach you how to explain why it didn't work. Why it's God's mysterious will that you went under. Hmm? Show you what verses to misquote. And misinterpret, misapply. But there is no such thing as a God ordained failure and defeat. God is the God of victory and His will for every one of us all the time is victory. Glory. Say it again. Thanks be to God. Who gives me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Go right over to 2 Corinthians, 2nd chapter, 2 Corinthians, 2nd chapter, 14th verse. This has been a favorite of mine personally for many years. I got a little plaque sits on my desk. I've had it for, I don't know, 25, 30 years at least. And it just says, always. And it's from this verse right here. And I have whipped the devil. I don't know how many times. With that one little word. I should say that one big word. That one anointed word. Why? What what do you mean always? Well read it. Now thanks be unto God. Which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always. Always. One reason I'm so keen on that is because the devil's so keen in telling you, not this time. Have you ever heard that? I mean, you can get healed 500 times and some little symptoms come up. What will he tell you? Ah, you're not going to get it this time. God can meet your needs 
2,000 times. And something, some little bill come up and you don't know where the money's coming from and it's due and it's right now. He'll come sit on your shoulder and say, not this time. No, it's not going to happen this time. Ain't going to work this time. You can slap him sideways with this one word. <laughs> always. God always causes me to triumph over lack, over ignorance, over sin, over problems, over needs, over sickness, over anything. Always. Say it again. Always. 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 Sometimes, like we're talking earlier, you have to stand for a few days or weeks. Or months or longer, but don't quit, don't quit. Because always is always. Means you win this one. And if something comes up that's bigger and tougher than you've ever seen, what does it mean? Mean you win that one too? And if next year something comes up that you never imagined you'd have to deal with, well, you win that one too. Because always is always. Unless. You let somebody, including preachers, convince you that, well, you win a few. Sometimes you lose a few, but it's just whatever the Lord wants. Well, he wants what he told you in his word. He wants this. And you have to stand your ground and believe for it and not be moved and not quit. And be an overcomer, not a quitter. But an overcomer. Say it again. He always causes me to triumph in Christ. Glory to God. I like you saying that, don't you? I like. Well, you don't have to wait till next Friday to say it again. <laughs> say it at home. Say it in the morning. Say it in your car. Say it in your living room. Say it in your kitchen. Just let it come up out of your spirit. Especially if something's trying to get you down. Talk about winning. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew now. We've been talking for some weeks about this subject of thanksgiving and victory. We call it thanksgiving victory. These two verses are talking about thanksgiving and victory. Is there a connection? Thanks be unto God. Who gives us the victory. Thanks be unto God. Who always causes us to triumph. Now I think it's important to note. He's not just thanking God. For things that have happened. He's thanking God. For things that will yet happen. Isn't he? A lot of people have learned. How to thank God. For things that have happened. But faith. Will thank God for something. You don't see yet. Hasn't come to pass in this natural realm yet. Oh, and that's when you really begin to step into some things and open the doors for God to do great things that not everybody will experience in their life. Because a lot of people, they're not going to be thankful until and unless they see it. But you can thank God for healing while you still hurt. Can't you? You can thank God for paying off your bills and debts. Why you still got a pile of bills looking you in the face there on the table. Can't you do it? You can thank God for getting you out. 
when you can't see any way. While other people are crying and feeling sorry for yourself, faith will stand up and go ahead and start thanking God for the victory right now before you see or feel any change. And that's the kind of people that get miracles. Said again, thanksgiving victory. We must train ourselves to be thankful before we see and feel what we're desiring and needing in our life. Go to Matthew, the uh, 16th chapter. We looked at this. One of the strongest responses out of Jesus that you'll read about in the scriptures happened right here. When uh, he's telling them. He's about to suffer and all the things that's going to happen to him and how he's going to be killed. This is Matthew 16 and 21. And then be raised up the third day. Verse 22, Peter took him aside. He began to rebuke him. He's sure out of his place, isn't he? You think the Lord needed to be rebuked? I'm sure he didn't. And he began to rebuke him, and he said, Be it far from you, Lord, this shall not be to you. The margin of my Bible said that he, the Greek there literally says, Pity thyself. Pity thyself. And here's where I'm saying, you see one of the strongest responses out of Jesus. Verse 23, he turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're in offense to me. If you look at other translations, he brings out, you're tempting me, one said. Another one said, you're a danger to me. Well, it must have been something along that line. Why would Jesus respond so strongly? He considered this to be dangerous thinking, didn't he? Well, if it was dangerous to him, certainly that way with us. Pity thyself. Is it dangerous to feel sorry for yourself? Oh, the moment you open the door and feel sorry for yourself, you start down a dark path into destruction. I don't care what's going on with you. You got something to be thankful for. Right? And what we're talking about here, even if you can't see anything to be cheerful about at the moment, faith goes ahead and thanks God for the victory. Even while you're looking at some bad stuff, faith thanks God for the grace, the strength, the help, the money, the healing, whatever it's going to take to get me through this and over this. Because He always causes me to triumph. Thank God. So Jesus turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. And I believe that the Lord is training you and I in this series. And we will be more sensitive and aware in our spirit and mind when thoughts and feelings of entitlement and what somebody owes us, what they should have done for us, what they didn't do for us. All of this stuff is tied to feeling sorry for yourself that we'll, where maybe previously we'd have just yielded to it and got down and depressed. God's growing us up and we'll detect it. And immediately we'll go, no, you don't. No, you don't. Get behind me, Satan. I am not yielding to that. I got so much to be thankful for. He's done so much. I'm not going down that road. I'm not thinking about that. I refuse to let myself think about what they should have done for me, what they didn't do for me. Nobody owes me. And look to him and go ahead and begin to thank God for the victory anyhow. And victory will come. 
There's that connection, that spiritual connection between thanking God and the victory. Now go on over to the 18th chapter, please, and let's go into something that'll open this up for us. Matthew 18, and down about verse uh, 21. 21. Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. What's he really wanting to know? When can I cut him off? <laughs> when can I say, forget you? <laughs> How many times till I say, that's it? He's wanting a number. And he figured seven was just plenty. Somebody wrong you seven times? Hey, that's cutoff time. So he offers the Lord a number, thinking the Lord might say, yeah, seven's plenty. But he didn't. The Lord gave him another number. (laughs) He said, I say to you, not to you seven times, but 70 times seven. And if you put other passages together, you see that even after 70 times seven, you still don't have the right to write them off. The one thing we do owe people is love. You know, there's a, it's amazing what people think just because you're a preacher or just because you're a Christian or just because you're a church or ministry. There's some folk think you owe them something. And we don't. (laughs) There are people come by and they think you owe them money. Well, you're a church, aren't you? Yeah. Well, then I want some money. Sorry. People get upset. They think, well, you're a preacher, aren't you? Yeah. Well, then spend the day listening to my problems. I don't want to. (laughs) Well, you're supposed to. Said who? Said who? I tried that one time. About killed me. (laughs) What am I talking about? People have all these traditional religious ideas about what a church is supposed to be, about what preachers are supposed to be, about what Christians are supposed to be, and so much of it is just ungodly, unbiblical junk. We need to get our minds renewed with the Word of God. We really do. There's so many problems that people are just wearing themselves out. They're just doing all kind of stuff the Lord didn't tell them to do. It's bothering them in their heart while they're doing it. But they keep on doing it because it's tradition. And it's expected. And fear is a big motivator. There's all kind of ministers and Christians that do all kind of things because they're afraid somebody's going to leave if they don't. Did you hear me? They're afraid somebody's going to quit giving. Somebody's going to go talk about them. Well, then, if you're being led by that, you're not being led by the Lord. All the enemy's got to do is move on somebody to say and do something, and you'll trot around and follow them. So, really, you're following the enemy. Oh, can you see this, friends? And we're not supposed to be hard and harsh and cruel and unkind. 
But nor are we to let other people lead us around by the nose and tell us what to do. When the problem is they don't know what to do. They need to be listening to us. As the Spirit of God gives direction. Had somebody come one time in healing school. Bless her heart. She, she was needing some help. But she showed up the first day. And she came to me after the message. She said, I need to tell you something. I said, okay. And she pulled out this list. And I mean unrolled it. I'm not joking. Unrolled it. And she said, I made this up while I'm here in healing school. You need to do this for me. I looked at it. I'm supposed to spend like four hours a day with her. I'm supposed to pray for her personally X amount a day and counsel her personally and do all this. And I'm supposed to, you know, and uh, (laughs) what are you laughing about? (laughs) You don't think it happened, did you? If the Lord told me to do it, if it would help her. But, you know, that's not the only thing going on. I was teaching classes. We had prayer school. I'm married. I got a home life, too. And, right? and I like to ride motorcycles, too. And there's just a number of things that's going on besides this woman. <laughs> but like we were talking last week, you know, we talked about Dave's world. Right? Well, whatever her name, she was living in her own world. Right? And in her world, everything revolved around her, and everybody owed her their attention. And I said, well, uh, I said, sister, why did you come here? Well, the Lord told me to come here. I need to be healed. I said, great, that's what we're doing here. I said, but if you already knew everything to do, you wouldn't even had to come. You could have just took care of it yourself and stayed home. She didn't like that. I said, the Lord brought you here because we know some things about faith and healing that you might not know. But you need to sit down and listen and pay attention and do what you're told. She really didn't like that. (laughs) But see, there are so many preachers and pastors. Oh, they wouldn't dare say something like that. Why? They might leave. People might leave. And so pastors have been reduced to hirelings. And they are hired and fired and voted out and changed like people change their t-shirts. And there's no respect. It works down to a, a lack of respect for God who gave the gifts and is giving the answers through these men and women. Do you hear? It's a real problem. It's a real problem. How'd we get off on all that? <laughs> True nonetheless. He said, how often should I forgive him? He said, 70 times 7. Verse 23, keep reading. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. Now Jesus is explaining the kingdom of God and how it operates. He said it's like a certain king who took account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him which owed him 10,000 talents. Now if you look up, uh, I guess the Amplified brings brings up this amount, says $10 million. And different ones come up with different figures, but it is a big number. 10,000 talents is a huge number. I think you could safely say we're talking about several millions of dollars. And I think the idea is a, it's a debt he could never pay. He would have never 
been able to repay this debt. And uh, verse 25, as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. In these days, uh, when you owed and could not pay, they didn't just come take your car and your house. They'd come take your kids and your spouse and you and sell you for slaves and apply the money to the debt. That was legal. That's how it worked. And so that was the judgment. And he is found guilty. And he is sentenced. And the punishment determined. I mean it's over. They're about to lead him out. And they're going to go get his kids. And they're going to sell them for slaves. And Everybody say judgment. But. He fell down and began to plead. Verse 26, are you there? The servant therefore fell down. Do you think he's scared? Put yourself in his his position now. Your life as you've known it is over. You can't even stay with your family. You may never see your wife again. You may never see your sons and daughters again. You may never have any freedom to do anything you want to do. Again, you may be somebody's property, like a horse or a cow, for the rest of your life. He fell down. He worshipped him. He said, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. Now, it's highly debatable that he would have ever been able to do that. It's an astronomical debt compared to his ability. I would say there's no way he can do what he's saying he can do. There's not enough years left in his life to do this. But he asked for mercy, didn't he? He asked. He owes it. The judgment against him is fair. I know it sounds strange to us, but it's fair. It's not unfair. It's fair. He owes it. When you owe it, you owe it. You know, if you owe something, never try to act like you don't. You do, and you're a partner to a lie. You've cut yourself off from the grace of God. God can't be involved in lying. We live in a society where people will borrow And they'll get things on credit, never intending to pay it back. Intending. They had a sneaky plan when they did it. There is so much dishonesty and lying that goes on. And sadly, church-going people do it. Church-going people. They know they owe it. They know they got it. They know they used it. And they act like I didn't know. I didn't know when I was signing that, that that's what that meant. And they did know. I couldn't help it. I just didn't have it. And they did have it. They just blew it on something else. They never intended to pay it back. Friend, God can't bless something like that. 
And then they're going to, y'all pray for me and y'all help me. Well, until you get that straight, none of us can help you. The Lord himself can't help you. He can't be a partner with a lie. You need to be a man. You need to be a woman. You need to be honest. If you owe it, you owe it. Say you do. Confess it. Acknowledge it. Call your creditors before they have a chance to call you. Or go and see them if you can or if you're prompted to do it that way. I know things are, some people are on the other side of the country and world, but some things you may need to go see them. Phyllis and I have done it. Thank God it's been a long time ago, but you remember the time we went and made an appointment with that guy that we owed. We had gotten some services from him. We got in such a bind financially, we didn't have the money to pay, and it was behind and kept getting further behind. We called him. The Lord dealt with me. Called him. Go see him. Look the man in the eye. Well, see, your flesh don't want to do that. And the devil will tempt you to try to hide or lie. Lying is a form of hiding. But I thought, well, man up. Be a man. Be a man of God. You're a preacher. You stand for something. So Phyllis and I went over there, and it was uncomfortable. Man, it wasn't fun. <laughs> it was not, because, you know, he didn't jump up and down about it. They want their money. And uh, I said, I'm sorry. We owe you the money. And you gave us the services, and we appreciate it, and we intended to pay you. We don't have it. But we'll get it to you. You know, I didn't know how. But I'm saying, you know, if we can have a little time. And thank God we did. The Lord did it. But that's not fun. But the Lord helped us then. Oh, come on, can you see it? The Lord helped us. You lie to people. You act like you don't know it. You try to get out of it. And you know that you should pay them. See, so many times people, the stuff they're doing, the stuff they're talking, they know it's not right. They just don't want to pay the money. It's not about right and wrong with them. It's about me not having to come up with the money. There is no such thing as a harmless lie. Little white lie, I've heard people say. That's a despicable term. Lying is the language of the devil. He's the father of it. You don't want to have anything to do with his language. You don't want to talk the devil's language now, do you? God gives grace to who? Come on, help me out. The humble. Is it easy to humble yourself? No, it can be hard. It can be hard. But sometimes you need it. Sometimes you you need to deal with your disobedience. Next time you might not be so quick to jump into it. If you'd listened to the Lord, so many times we wouldn't have gotten in trouble to start with. It's because we weren't listening to Him. He told us don't do it right now. But we wanted it. And they had 400 easy payments. <laughs> and the Lord dealt with us and he dealt with us. He checked us. He checked us. But no. We had to have it. Now. <laughs> Sit up there and look so holy. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And then you get yourself in a mess. and You get in a bind and you get behind. And then you run cry on somebody's shoulder. The devil's attacking me. The devil has been attacking me. Ah, oh, he just laughed while you messed yourself up. 
<laughs> you can't blame it on him. You can try, but. And people try blaming it on this, blaming it on that, blaming it on the other. Anything to get the light off of me and to try to get out of paying it. But friend, don't be a liar. Don't cut yourself off from the grace of God. He gives grace to the humble. Confess it. Call them. Say, look, I'm sorry I hadn't paid you. You know, send them a dollar. Do something. As an act of good faith. To show them that you're not just trying. Because see, they're dealing with thousands of people that are just trying to get out of it. And they think you're just like they are. Show them you're not. Show up or call and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if you'll give me some time, uh, I'll get it. I know I owe you. And I'll pay you. What's this guy saying? If you'd give me time, have patience with me. Isn't that what he said? And I will pay you all. It's very doubtful. He would have ever been able to do that. But the Lord, and this is typical, the Lord's teaching us about the kingdom of God. So the Lord represents the Lord. The Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. (laughs) Cared more about him than he did that $10 million. Oh, come on, can you see this? Is the Lord compassionate? Oh, he's so merciful and compassionate. If you'll ask him to. What if you try to play games and lie? You're in trouble. The humble get the grace. He humbled himself. He fell on the ground. He's worshiping. He said, have patience with me. Give me some time. He's asking for mercy. He's asking for grace. And the Lord was moved with compassion. Oh, this is a great verse. And he what? Loosed him. Glory to God. And forgave him the debt. He did what? He had compassion on him. And what else did he do? Loosed him from what? Loosed him from what? Well, for all we know, he was in handcuffs. He's headed to jail. He's headed to the auction block. What did he loose him from? He loosed him from an awful life. He loosed him from being separated from his wife and his kids. He loosed him from never getting to see his home place again. He loosed him from having to go to jail, having to be a slave. What did he say? The man's in the floor. He's scared out of his mind. He's trembling. He's shaking. He's begging. Please be patient with me. And his Lord was moved from the inside. Love came up in him. He said, stand up. Stood up. He said, take those handcuffs off of him. Mm. Take those shackles off of him. Give him his coat back. Let his wife and kids come out of there and come meet him. Oh, glory to God. What about the $10 million debt? Bring that paperwork here. $10 million. Unpayable debt. Bring it here. Bring it over here to me. Paid in full. The Lord. There you go. Shh. 
How many know this applies to every one of us? Every one of us. Mm-mm. Come on, get the picture. He walks out of there. A free man. He doesn't owe a dime. Two minutes ago he owed ten million dollars. And all the interest it could ever accrue. Until he could ever possibly pay it back. He walks out of there with his wife. And his boys. And his girls. He's going back to his house. He don't have to sell his house. He don't have to sell his horses. He don't have to sell his farm. Oh, come on. He's a free man. He's free in his family. He's free in his finances. He's free in his mind. This thing's not hanging over him. He's free. He loosed him. And he forgave him. That terrible debt. Now you know the story's not over, don't you? What are we talking about in here tonight? What's the title of the series? Thanksgiving Victory. Should this man have been thankful? Oh, for the rest of his life. There shouldn't have been a day went by. He didn't get up. Come sit down to breakfast table and look at his wife and go, thank God, thank God. There was a time I thought I might never see you again. Look at his grown kids married and look at their home and his grandkids and go, thank God, thank God. Thank God I was that close to never having any grandkids. How many think when God's done something for you, you ought to remember You ought to remember. I don't mean just tomorrow and the next day. God's done something like this for you. You should remember it six months from now. A year and a half from now. Five years from now. Twenty-five years from now. You ought to throw your hands up with just as much intensity as you did when it first happened. Shouldn't you? Shouldn't you? And go, thank you, Lord. Oh, if it hadn't have been for you, I couldn't pay that debt. I would have never been able to pay it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we've talked about this, but let me go over it again real slowly. What is thankfulness? What is being thankful? Three things. I want you to get them real clear in your spirit, and you'll be hearing them again as we continue and finish up this series. But number one, being thankful. You can say it like this. Being thankful is being grateful. We know that. But this ties in with the grateful part. One, you need to recognize what God's done for you and acknowledge it. That's number one. You need to recognize it. Recognize slash acknowledge what God's done for you and be grateful. Number two, you need to remember what God's done for you and be thankful. There are some friends of ours. He's going home to be with the Lord now. But they grew up real poor, rough side of town, didn't know anything. 
There were times when the whole family had to split a happy meal. That's all they had. And sometimes the parents wouldn't eat any. So it would be something for the kids. That's just where they were. But God taught them about sowing and reaping. Taught them about tithing. Taught them about faith. And as the years went by, he brought them up. Glory to God. Gave them a fine house. I mean a fine house. A place with land and horses. New cars. Nice stuff. All kind of things. And every once in a while, he'd get his young boys in the car and he and his wife and them, they'd drive back to where they used to live. In that rough part of town. He'd say, boys, look where God brought us from. Some of them were too young to remember. He said, look where God brought us from. Look what God's done. And they'd just sit in the car and thank God. Thank God. Then they get to drive back to their fine house. Oh, glory to God. How many know you know in your spirit that's right? That's right. To think that way. And to be that way. And to do those kind of things. Number one, being thankful is recognizing and acknowledging what God's done for you. Number two is what? Remember. What he's done for you. Didn't the Bible say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. All that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And forget not all his. Don't forget. Why would he tell you that? Because you can forget. See, you show me somebody who's feeling sorry for themselves. I'll show you somebody who's forgotten what God's done for them. They're Christians, believers, that have had all manner of wonderful things happen in their life, and yet they're dealing with some kind of issue or problem, and they get to where they just stay depressed night and day, and they don't feel like they got any reason to live and nothing to be thankful for. They have forgotten the pit. He brought them out of, they've forgotten all the prayers he answered. And in getting bitter, you feel like he should have done something for you by now that he hasn't done. Bitter at God, bitter at people, mad, upset. You're making it impossible for him to be gracious to you because you act like he owes it to you. And he doesn't. He wants you to be free. He wants you to have it. But you can't receive like that. Dangerous to feel sorry for yourself and to feel like I'm entitled. I should have it. And that's what happens when you forget what God's done, which is exactly what this man did. Number three, I didn't give you, right? What's number one? Recognize, acknowledge what God's done. You need to say he did it. Number two, do what? Don't forget. Remember it. Remember it a year from now, ten years from now, rest of your life. And thirdly, express it. Don't just think a thankful thought. (laughs) Let the redeemed of the Lord express it. Say it and show it. If you're really thankful... You're going to say thank you. And you're going to act like you are. If you never say it and you never show it, it's not there. 
Well, I know I don't show it and I don't say much about it, but in my heart, you know, I, I, am, I am. It's not okay. Not okay. That's how you'll forget it. You're not expressing it. You're not talking about it. Time will pass. You'll forget it. You'll let it get away and get in trouble. But when you're expressing it on a regular basis, you're not going to forget it. Say express it. Say it. Show it. Say what? How thankful you are. How grateful you are. Show what? How thankful you are. Show how grateful you are. Show it. Say it and show it. Did this man do that? In this story we're reading right here. What did he do? The Bible says he left that place free, loosed, and forgiven. Man should have been thanked for the rest of his life, shouldn't he? But, verse 28, the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Amplified also says about this, twenty dollars. Even if it was two hundred dollars, that's nothing compared to ten million. He laid hands on him, grabbed him, took him by the throat. Now get a picture here. I don't know how much time had passed between verse 27 and 28, but shouldn't have mattered. Right? He saw this guy. Maybe he went to town. Maybe he went to the market. He sees this guy on the other side of the fairway there. Hey! Joe! Joe looked at him and went, uh-oh. This Joe owes him $20. He said, yeah, hi, hi. You know, this is another reason why we need to prosper. Because the borrower is servant to the lender. Right? God didn't intend for you and me to be in bondage. Feel bad around people. You know, there's a lot of people that have trouble, even families, even coming together, meeting, enjoying a good meal, because they owe each other money. And they're ashamed about it. Let's believe God. He'll help us. Let's pay it off. Well, I don't see how. Hey, God can do it. Nothing's too hard for Him. All of our debts are being reduced. And it includes all of everything. Things you owe your parents, things you owe your in-laws, brothers and sisters. Don't act like you don't owe it. Don't hope they forget or hope they die before you have to pay it back. (laughs) Now you're laughing, but you know what I'm talking about. You owe it. Believe God and pay it. If you could see how, you wouldn't have to believe God. Believe God. Believe something will happen. Miracles will happen. They'll probably shout when you show up with the money. (laughs) Glory to God. They must be Christians. (laughs) He said, Joe. Yeah. What about that money you owe me? He grabbed him. I guess he's scared he's going to run away. Grabbed him and put his hands around his throat. He's choking him. Give me my money. Give me my money. Cough it up. I want that 20. 
Am I making this up? He grabbed him. Laid hands on him. And took him by the throat. He's choking the man. And said what? Pay me what you owe me. Now this is the attitude we've been talking about in this whole series. You owe me. You owe me. Pay me what you owe me. This is one of the ugliest things spiritually. Even if people don't do it with money, they do it with other things. You owe me. I gave you 10 years, best years of my life. I gave you 20 best years of my life. I I was there for you. You owe me. Friend, this is ungodly. This is devilish. This, I don't care. I know you get people get mad and they get embroiled in arguments. And maybe somebody treats them wrong. The enemy will bring these feelings and these words to you. It'll come up in you. Sometimes you'll have to grab your tongue to keep from saying it. He'll push you to say it. The enemy's pushing you. Why? It's not just so he can say goody goody. They said something and the fight got worse. He's trying to cut you off from the grace of God. So you can't get your answer. And this is what people haven't seen. They haven't seen the connection. But you get this attitude. You owe me. They owe me. Ministers have gotten this way. I served there. We laid our life down. And those people don't even care. They don't care if we're there or not. What are you saying? They owe me. If they owe you, you didn't give them anything. If you want repayment, you must have thought it was a loan. Because if you really gave it to them, if you really sold it because you loved them, they owe you nothing. That includes not even a thank you. Now, they should be thankful, but I'm talking about what you let yourself presume and expect from them. As far as you're concerned, they don't owe me a thing because it was a gift. And I did it before the Lord, and I did it to Him. And what they do with Him and with me, that's between them and God. That's nothing to me. But I refuse to let myself, I'm saying we should have this mentality, I refuse to let myself look at them and think they should do this or do that for me. But he did. He grabbed this guy. He choked him. He said, pay me what you owe. Now let's think about this. Has he forgotten what happened with him? How could he? He's looking at a life of servitude. He's looking at a totally destroyed life. Has he forgotten? How could he have forgotten? Especially with the next verse. Read the next verse for me. What did the guy do? He fell down at his feet and besought him. This should look familiar. Shouldn't it? And the man said, have patience with me. And I'll pay you off. That's verbatim what he said. There's no way he didn't remember. 
but he did forget to be thankful. Why? How many know if he had just halfway paid attention to his heart? The man's down there groveling, asking him the same thing he asked his Lord. But he pushed it down. And he hardened himself. And he saw the police over there. Or he called them. He said, this guy owes me money. I got the paperwork. And like we already saw with the legal system of the day, if somebody couldn't pay you back, you could liquidate everything they had. You could have them sold as slaves and have the price of their being sold applied to the debt. And that's what he did. He called the authorities. He had the man arrested. How could he do this? How could he do this? After what had been done for him. I saw this today in a different light than I'd seen it before. I saw how he could do it. This is so big, I'm believing God to see which way to go. Do you remember with Hezekiah, we studied about him a while back. Second Chronicles 32, don't turn there. But the Bible said in Second Chronicles 32:25, Hezekiah did not make return to the Lord according to the benefit done to him. The Living Bible said he didn't respond with true thanksgiving and praise. The complete English version says Hezekiah was proud and he refused to thank God for everything he had done. And it caused judgment to come on him and on his kingdom. What had been done for Hezekiah? Hezekiah was at death's door, you remember? He was sick. And the Lord told him through the prophet he was going to die. Said, Get his stuff in order. Come on, do you see the similarity here? He's looking at no way out. And he turned his face to the wall. And he said, God, have mercy on me. I've tried to lead this people right. And he began to talk about the things he tried to get the kingdom. But he said, you know, have mercy on me. Spare me. Give me time. Heal me. And before the man of God could get out of the courtyard, the word of the Lord came to him and said, stop, stop, turn around, go back. Tell Hezekiah, I've heard his prayers. I've seen his tears. I'm going to add to him 15 years. What should happen when God does something like that for you? Let's go over it again. Should you be thankful? Should you be grateful? What does that involve? Number one, help me out. You reckon, how many understand you don't say, well, it went into remission. We don't know why. It just would have happened. No, no. God delivered me. Recognize it. Acknowledge it. Then what else? Remember it for the rest of your life. And express it. Say it. Show it. The Bible said he did not render again according to the benefit that was done him. Is there a way you should live that shows how thankful you are? Does it include how you treat other people? Yes. And failure to walk in love with people. And failure to forgive 
shows you have forgotten what God has done for you. And you're no longer thankful. You have let it slip. And you act like it should have happened for you. You get into this entitlement mode. Come on now think with me. How in the world could he stand there over this man that owes him $20. And hear the man say the same thing he said with his Lord. And be so cold and hard hearted and call the police. How could he do that? How could he do that? He has, in his mind, decided that's what should have happened for him. He has turned it from mercy and grace into entitlement. Oh, are y'all with me, friends? Oh, it's the only way you could do something like that. He has... Come, I don't know, you know, the words or how he would have come to it. But he came to the conclusion, well, my Lord came to his senses and saw how wrong it was to do me that way. And realized that I really didn't know that anyhow. Have you ever heard anybody talk like this and act like this? Have you ever seen somebody... That was crying their eyes out. That was begging and pleading. They were in trouble. And God delivered them. And by the next day, they're strutting around. Acting like no big deal. Yeah, I did this and I said that. and We, we got ourselves out. And we knew what to do and. Do you know what I'm talking about? People have done this all the time. They'll take grace and mercy and in their mind turn it into an entitlement. People change the story completely and just turn it into something that they came up with in their mind. And if it's something that you figured out and you worked out and you got, then you got no reason to be thankful. You got yourself out. Or it's what they should have done. It was owed to you. How do you turn you owing ten million dollars into they owe you to release it and let it go? Christians have done it. Church going people do it all the time. If you do. It'll put you in a place to judge other people and expect things from them you didn't expect from yourself. But when you judge, what does that set you up for next? When you judge, doesn't set you up for more mercy and grace. What does it set you up for? Jesus said, judge not. That what? That you be not judged. But what if you judge? Then he went on to say, if you judge, you're going to be judged by the same measure. Isn't that what he said? That you judge them, that's how now you're going to be judged. Man, if we had any sense at all, we would be the most merciful, kind, forgiving, thankful people on the planet. Because we'd know we're going to need mercy tomorrow. We're going to need grace next week. Right? And it's only a fool.
that sets herself up for judgment and cuts herself off from the grace for tomorrow. But that's what this man did. Somewhere or another in his mind, he changed what happened and remade the story. I need to stay on this just a little bit longer. What do you mean? I don't know if it was a month or six months or a year or two years. I don't know how long it was between that happening for him and this happening with this guy. We're not told. It doesn't sound like very long, but we don't know. But let's say six months passed. And one of his friends says, what about that $10 million you owed? Well, he's told the story and told it, and he keeps changing it a little bit. He keeps being less humble. You with me now? Yes, I mean, maybe the first day he told it, he was groveling in the floor, begging and asking for help. And the Lord had mercy on him. But he didn't like telling that so much. And as time went on, he's not even in the floor. And as time went on, he's not begging. He's telling the Lord, it's not right that I owe this. It was a mistake. It's not fair. And the Lord saw the merit of his arguments and released him. And that's what you have to do is stand up for yourself and demand your rights. And don't let people walk over you. Even if you do owe it. Just tell them off. Tell them they ought to let it, let it go. You shouldn't expect that out of you. You're not in a position to do it. And he twisted it around to where he's not even thankful anymore. That's the only way you could treat a brother like this. Even then you got to ignore your heart. And he has this man arrested. He has him charged. Are you there in Matthew 16 still? Or 18, excuse me. 18. Verse 30, he would not. But he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. And they came and told to the Lord all that was done. Everybody around him knew this was wrong. Didn't he? All his friends, all his family, all his neighbors knew. Everybody except him. How come he didn't see it? Now friend, don't let this be complicated to you. What should this man have done? Could he have done something differently that would have kept him in a different place? What could he have done? Help me out. He could have got up every morning. Come on now. And remembered why he's living in his own house. Come on. He could have remembered why he hadn't got a $10 million debt hanging over his head. And he could have been thankful, 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 thankful. And if he had had that front and center in his mind and in front of his eyes and in his mouth and in his ears night and day, when Joe said, I'm sorry, I'll pay you that 20, he'd probably, what would he say? Come on, help me out. What would he say? Oh, God's been so good to me. Forget about that 20. Forget about that 20. And stayed free and blessed and enjoyed his life. But he didn't. 
Because he judged his brother. And demanded he pay him what he owed him. And his friends and neighbors heard about it. And they said, man, that ain't right. The master forgave him $10 million And he sends this guy to jail for $20. The whole community, the whole village, everybody knew it. They said, that ain't right. That ain't right. And they went and told his Lord. When his Lord heard it, he sent the authorities for him. Now, friend, this is something we need a revelation of. He sent the authorities for him. And he brought him back. Read. Verse 32, his Lord, after he'd called him, he said, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you desired me, because you asked me to. Should not you have also had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due to him. Wait, wait, wait. I thought he had been loosed from this. He was. But the same one that loosed it can reinstate it. I think a lot of people have never seen this. They don't want to look at it. This is serious stuff. Isn't this serious? He reinstated his debt that he had forgiven. He made him responsible for it again. And he lost everything he had. And the judgment came on him. Till he should pay all that was due to him. It was an unpayable debt for him. What does that mean? Rest of his life. I guess he was a servant. And his nightmare came true. The thing that he thought he had dodged. Came on him. Is that right? Why? Tell me why this happened to this man. If you could boil it down into just a phrase or two. Why did it happen to him? He wasn't thankful. He didn't remember what had happened to him. And he didn't render again according to how he had been treated. When you're thankful, you recognize what's been done for you. You remember what's been done for you. And you express it. You say it and you show it. You show it. You treat other people like God's done amazing things for you. You treat other people like God's been so gracious to you and so kind to you and so merciful to you. And how can you not be merciful with them after everything the Lord's done for you? Because you remember it and you show it. Keep reading. Jesus said, now that's the, the story he told them. And now he's telling them. Specifically, he's looking at them and us. He says, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you. Boy, this is strong. If you from your hearts. How many know religious lip service ain't going to cut it? He said, unless you from your heart forgive everyone his brother their trespasses. What? If you don't forgive them, what's going to happen? Your debt Is going to be on you. This is serious business. 
Should we even think about not forgiving somebody? Oh. Go to James. I think I can close with this. James. Second chapter. How can we keep from getting like this? Hmm? Can you remember what the Lord's done for you? We must. The Lord spoke that word to me, you know, years ago about would I like to know how to increase my capacity to receive from him. And the phrase he gave to me is cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Every word's significant. Cultivate. What does that mean? Cultivate. You get out in the garden and you dig, right? I mean, you crank the tractor up and put the plows on. You cultivate. Take some effort. Cultivate means you got to apply yourself to do what? To be thankful. A lifestyle. That's not just on Friday nights when Brother Keith's talking about being thankful. That's after the service tonight, and that's in the morning when you get up, and somebody rubs you the wrong way. Maybe they do owe you in one sense. You can be gracious. Oh, friends, God's talking to some people right now. I could say specific things. They owe me. My ex-wife owes me this. My ex-husband owes me this. Do you really want to do that? In light of this? You really want to hold that on them? My brother, my sister owes me. You know when daddy died and they came in there and they got that stuff, that was supposed to be mine. They owe me. What if they do? What if they do? What if legally they do? What if morally they do? What if just being right, they do? Whatever they owe you, it's a nickel debt compared to what God forgave you of. And if you hold on to it and you stay bitter and every time you think about it you get mad and you hold on to that, friend, it's choking you off from the grace of God. It's holding you back. They should have done that for me. That should have been my job. That should have been my place. I should have had that. They should have called me to preach on that. They should have given me that place. Friends, you're holding their debts against them. You're saying they owe me. It's dangerous. But when you really see this in the light, you want to do anything except hold a debt against somebody. Because you don't even think about all your debts coming back on you. James 2, are you there? You know, talking about that, I was reminded of Philemon. Paul, by the Spirit, was writing to somebody. And apparently, they knew this person that had gotten saved and had become a helper to him, and they had wronged them. Maybe they'd stolen something from them. But now he's gotten to know them, and they got saved And this is what he said. He says, if they owe you something, he said, put that on my account. He said, I'm not going to mention how you owe me your own self. (laughs) Wonder if the Lord's saying that to us. That is the word of God, isn't it? I mean, that's Holy Ghost talk. Wonder if the Lord's saying, if they owe you something, put that on my account. And we won't talk about how you owe me every breath you got. (laughs) Not going to hell and all that kind of thing. (laughs) We won't get into that. 
But just put it on my account. Put it on my account. Well, if you put it on his account, what does that mean? They don't owe you anymore. They don't owe you anymore. You've released it. You've let it go. And you've left it with the Lord. Because you're not going to say the Lord owes you. So that means nobody owes me. In James, second chapter, James 2 and verse 12, he said, So speak ye and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Somebody say liberty. Liberty. Now, does this sound like it goes in hand with what we're talking about? If you're thankful, what do you do? Recognize? Remember? What else? Express, so speak and so do. Talk like and act like they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Oh, that's, that's not the law of you owe because of your sin and death. That's the law of you're free because of the grace of God and what Jesus has done. Law of liberty. Well, you ought to act like people that have been forgiven. Talk like people. The Amplified says, For to him who has shown no mercy, the judgment will be merciless. I'm telling you that without God, that's scary. The NIV says, Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Oh, I like this last phrase though. Don't you? What if you hadn't been merciful? Judgment's coming to you. And when you cry out, you're not going to get mercy. You remember this situation? The man, he went over and grabbed him. And he choked him. Pay me what you owe me. And the guy fell down and pled with him. Give me some time. Would he be merciful to him? Would he give him any time? He wouldn't do it. Hardened his heart. He said, you owe me. And you're going to pay me what you owe me. He showed no mercy. What happened to him? He got judged. Don't you think he cried and begged some more? Don't you think he tried to do the same thing he did the first time? To no avail. I imagine the man howled and screamed and they probably took him, drug him away in chains with him screaming. But he got no mercy. Why? Because when his friend was hollering and screaming, he wouldn't have mercy on him. When they drug him off to jail, he wouldn't show any mercy. People who harden themselves and won't forgive. And who hold it and say, you owe me. and You're going to pay me. Judgment's coming. There will be a time when they cry out. And they, they won't get their prayer answered. They'll be judged. That's sad. But, I'm glad that's not the end of the verse. But, well, what's the rest of the verse say? But what? But what? Mercy rejoices, triumphs. That sounds like our text, don't it? Triumphs over judgment. What does that mean? That means when you're thankful night and day and you don't feel like anybody owes you anything and you're so gracious and kind and forgiving when something comes up that you should have been judged for. Mercy. 
Marcy! When you blow it and the hammer's about to drop on you, you'll call out to God and... Mercy! It won't happen. You'll get out. You'll go free. You won't have to pay. You'll get healed. You'll get over it. Mercy! Somebody say mercy. Mercy! He said mercy rejoices against judgment. This is the whole gospel message. This is how you and I, when Jesus comes back, the Bible said we can be bold. How in the world can we be bold in all the dumb stuff we've done, sins we've committed, shortcomings and failures, because we know that mercy keeps it all gone. It's never going to come out. The blood of the Lamb has washed us clean. And even though other people are getting judged for stuff that's no worse than what we did, yet it won't touch us. We'll not be called to pay for it. Because mercy triumphs and rejoices over judgment. Ooh, hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Who gets mercy? Those that show mercy. Who get forgiven? Those that forgive. Who get loosed? Those that release, close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes and lift up your hands before the Lord. Glory to God. The scripture said, Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Everybody, keep your eyes closed, no looking around. Say it out loud and remember, he said, from your heart. Don't just say it and not mean it. But from your heart, say it out loud, Lord, I refuse. To hold anything against anybody. After what you've done for me. After what you've forgiven me of. I dare not hold anything against anybody else. And I choose anybody that has done me wrong. Anybody. That I have felt that owes me. I release it. In Jesus name. Oh hallelujah. Lift up your hands and begin to praise God there. Thank God. Oh hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.